0: welcome in another edition of the spare time bowling show back from our extended break here as we get ready to start off the 2024 pba league play steve sparky fiverr you follow me on twitter at sparky radio $2.00 $2.00 Phil, Phil Brylin can follow him at Bruce City Bowling. And, of course, there's Dwight Albrecht at Dewey 300 doing his thing uh, as well. All right, so let, let's get into uh, we'll get into the PBA Elite play, uh, obviously. We'll definitely do that. You know, the other thing uh, that we're going to want to talk about here uh, is really simple. Uh, we're going to definitely want to get into talking about uh, this interview with Tom Clark uh, and, that Jeff Riggles had over at 11frame.com. Uh, and we'll start off talking about that. First thing, let me say this to Jeff Regals, uh because I know he listens to uh, some of these, dude. That was very cool of you uh, to include our podcast and other podcasts uh, when asking questions uh, to Tom Clark. I-, I just thought it was very cool. It's it's a lot of notoriety and publicity for the podcast, um, you know, that talk about bowling and so forth. Uh, so I-, I thought that was a that was a great touch, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jeff. You know, he's really good on social media with, you know, I see other podcasts, like he mentioned these guys out of Philadelphia and, and, and Phoenix Sweep the Rack, and uh, he's mentioned other ones in the past too, where, you know, the more people I get different views on the sport that we can give, hopefully that just draws more of the casual fan in and turns them into the, the, the super fan or, or, or the, the higher, you know, they really want to learn more about the PBA or what these individual professionals are doing. And it, it, there's some neat discussions that we've had on here. There's other podcasts that, I, that I've listened to on occasion that you know, that that have their viewpoints that may be different than ours. And uh, But Jeff's all about spreading the word and making it better for everybody, making it better for all the fans. So uh, yeah, I've known Jeff for a long time. I was one of his first subscribers to 11th Frame when he started it a decade plus ago. So uh, yeah, it, and, and for those fans that haven't subscribed yet, I mean, it's a ninety nine a month and you know he gets some pretty he gets some breaking news and some good stories uh out there that you know even i couldn't get or you couldn't get sparky so yeah i i appreciate everything jeff does and and, and glad he's been part of our show in the past too
0: yeah he has uh comes up whenever we ask for the most part uh yeah. you know the, the other thing too about this interview with uh tom clark a it was a really long interview mm-hmm. i mean that that was not, that was that interview was not done in 5 or 10 minutes that interview was done uh, probably over the course of an hour 45 minutes or an hour or some somewhere along those lines and what you really get the sense of Dwight reading that is just how good the PBA is right now and kind of the standing that they're in uh, and you know that that first question i think it was the first question with Riggles talking about just how much better this league really is you know from a decade ago to where it is now Uh, and so forth, and their partnership with Fox and everybody else. Uh, And as you read it, I think you really start to understand, really, this PBA Tour is is as stable and is on as solid ground as they've ever been on as we sit here in 2024.
2: Absolutely awesome interview. Very in-depth. I I didn't even get through all of it yet. Um, I got about through three three quarters of it. It's so long. Uh, But um, his insight is second to none. Um, And I greatly appreciate the plug that he gave us also. Um, After reading what I did read, it's amazing Tom Clark's mind and how he thinks. Um, The directions that his mind goes, trying to uh, innovate new ideas, trying to capture all types of age groups to the PBA, not just the old guys like us that want to see it at a certain time every week at the same time, Um, And like he says, getting a beer and watching, eating some popcorn and watching uh, the tour uh, where the young crowd just simply is not going to do that. So um, you could tell Tom's mind is trying to get everyone involved from, let's say, a teenager uh, involved into the tour and watching the tour uh, through different streams versus the guy that's been following the tour since the 70s.
1: You know, yeah, but and, and, uh, Along those lines, Sparky, Tom's really reached out to try to get bowlers involved in that and well, given that feeling, that LBC National Tournament, that League Bowler Certification National Tournament that kicked off last year, they're moving it to Chicago this year. I mean, that's when bowlers get to come in and they get that PBA experience. Mm-hmm. You walk in the door, you're treated like a professional. You check in, you record your equipment on the scorecard, you're moving pairs after every game, there's added money in the tournament. You get your chance to be on TV with the PBA pros, and now they've expanded it more where now the youth players, like you said, Dwight, the youth players now have their own divisions, youth boys and youth girls. (laughs) They're going to handicap that with handicap pins, but still, these kids are going to get a chance to be on TV, and they can be bowling with Tom Doherty or A.J. Johnson or Lenny Borst, like we saw this last year on that show from Bayside. I mean, it's just the range Tom thinks that is absolutely phenomenal because it's not just, okay, what eyes can we get on it? What else can we do to get people to feel it and be part of it? It's 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 pretty cool what Tom's done with that as well.
0: There's uh, a couple different angles we can go off of where you just went. Uh, let's start first with the angle of uh, the PBA League Bolero um, and, and this whole deal because in there, you know, it, it talks about uh, Bolero pretty much saying that they made like a million dollars off of this thing last year, uh, but they got like ten million dollars uh, in free advertising essentially. Uh, with it by having them on Fox and to TV shows and streaming and everything else. fact that they only made a million dollars to me was kind of shocking. <clears throat> uh, but OK, so at least they made money, right? You just right. want to make money. You don't want to lose money. I, I think if you want any company, just be in the black and figure out how to uh, make more money kind of going forward. So I'm glad that they made money. Uh, the free advertising part is a big deal, too the the this um, PBA league concept versus the USBC essentially is what we're talking about here in doing that. How long do you think it'll be Dwight before you see that start popping up uh, in different buildings outside of bolero uh, bowling centers? Because again, I mean we bowl at Oak Creek Classic, It's USBC. I don't even know if they've even ever had a conversation about doing the PBA League format for the kids that are bowling there or for, you know, the adult leagues or whatever the case may be. I don't know what it's like by you at New Berlin Bowl. I would assume it's USBC as well. Uh, Your thoughts?
2: No, it is still USBC dominant. And um, I just read an article this week that came out in an email that Chad Murphy uh, talked about how membership is up uh, since COVID's years and how it continues to grow. So that is going to make it, I think, more difficult if USBC and the members continue to get behind USBC for uh, LBC to try to evolve. I always looked at LBC as a second option for, let's say, USBC league bowlers that aren't happy with the direction USBC is going. Um, Now, Tom will say that's not probably true, that we're our own identity, but you do have two different organizations trying to get that league bowler uh, dollar.
0: Okay, but let, let's take it at a different perspective. So I, I've got a seven-year-old who's going to be, you know, eight next month. Yep. He got his USB-C membership card in the yep. mail with him on the envelope, and he started jumping up and down, going crazy that he, he's he got a, his own membership card, and now he needs to get a wallet to put it in and so forth and uh, all of that. Okay, and that is great. That's a great reaction. But let's take it now from the other side if he were to get a PBA league membership card with the PBA logo on it and the whole deal. And this is the kid that watches PBA bowling with me. How excited do you think that kid would be if he had that type of a deal where he's associated with the PBA right. tour? I think that's that, that could be a huge game changing moment um, for a lot of these kids of, Oh wow. PBA. Like I see on TV. I'm like, I'm a part of that now. I think that's a big deal Phil, for a lot of these kids. And I, I wonder how long it will take before some of these other, you know, bowling houses uh, jump on board. It maybe it's not for the men. Maybe the men and the women stay USBC, but for the kids, that PBA experience is a big deal. And for the USBC, I went on their website and oh, hey, look, you can print off your own certificate if you want for this thing. I mean, the patches and all that stuff; those are all long gone by the wayside or whatever. Uh, and now you really don't get anything when you, you know, bowl your first 100 game or whatever else. You can, as a parent, print something off their website if you want, but that's about the extent of it. Uh, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think as Bolero gets things rolling and they get it where it's available outside of their current centers, I agree with you about the kids being the first ones to jump on, and especially now because you're gonna have that PBA logo on your card, you know, with PBA League bowler certification, but then also as you get better they have the PBA junior program. And if you want to see what it's going to be like, if you decide, Hey, I want to go bowling college and I want to maybe go bowl the tour someday. You want your first taste of that. You have that with PBA junior. You have the same conditions that the PBA tour guys are bowling on. You get treated the same way going into the tournaments. You're under the same ball regulations and check-in and, and everything else that, that the, that the pros have. So as the kids get better, if they want to take that second step beyond just being league certified, they can bowl the PBA junior events and get a feel about what it's like to be a pro. Uh, even if they don't get to that point, you know, all the all the stuff that PBA has that they're working on with, uh, getting the information out there to the kids and setting up newsletters and that kind of thing. I get newsletters from uh from the PBA League Bowlers certification letting me know what's going on with the PBA. That's great. I mean, also I don't want to miss a telecast all of a sudden. Hey, there's you know, they were telling me this week if you're in the Wichita area, there's still a few tickets left for the show on Monday, buy them up when you can Uh, be able to have that connection to the tour that the LBC program lets everyone have. I think that's great for the kids. I think that's going to really keep them interested. And, and if they do more stuff in the PBA off season with contacting the kids, that'd be great as well.
0: All right, let's take a quick time timeout uh, here on the Spare Time Bowling Show. We'll come back. Other side, I, I want to get into talking about the the qualifying tournaments. Uh, and Tom Clark got into that. Great questions by Jeff Riggles. And we'll get to White's thoughts on that and Phil's thoughts on that. Again, don't forget, download the Spare Time Bowling Show on your Odyssey app, uh, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And, of course, we live stream these bad boys like we're doing right now here on a Friday, early Friday morning. And the reason it's Friday morning is because we've all had kind con- of conflicts this week, and The reason we're at home is because there's a snowstorm here in Milwaukee. So we all are at home versus at the radio station. Uh, so, again, that's on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. If you want to check out the videos and see how truly ugly we all are, feel free <laughs> to check that out. Back after this on the Spare Time Balling Show. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM The Fan. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. He is uh, Dwight Albright. Follow him at Dewey 300, owner of the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin, Wisconsin. And, of course, Phil Brilo uh, over there at Brew City Bowling. $2, Phil. Uh, and he's always around doing live streaming events and so forth, uh, helping out the PBA tour, doing stuff on his own for uh, other entities. He goes check check all of his fun stuff on YouTube. Uh, okay, so let's talk uh, about another aspect of this Jeff Regal's interview. He gets into the qualifying tournaments and the qualifying process uh, for these bowlers uh, to get on the PBA tour and how difficult it is and so forth. Uh, and while Clark said he really couldn't do anything for 24 because – they were in contract negotiations with Fox. And obviously that takes precedence. Um, and that if they were going to do something for 25, they'd have to announce it before 24 and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but it's something he's definitely uh, considering at this point. Uh, Dwight, did you see those comments? And if so, what did you make of them?
2: I did. Uh, after reading the comments, it, it just seems he kept mentioning the top 50 uh, out there. And not only would viewership be up if it was only the top 50, but, um, I also read the comments on the uh, t- uh, uh, the uh, regional uh, players to try to get in, and it's more difficult than I think most people think uh, to try to break through. We talked about this last year uh, on one of our shows for the qualifiers. Uh, we called it in the old days the rabbit squads, but um, boy, you you I think you really need to break through if you're going to have a chance to make any type of money on the PBA tour.
1: Well, it's kind of funny that we mentioned this now because there was some breaking news yesterday. Jeff Rickles, once again, uh, he's where I saw it first uh, with running around yesterday. Uh, Tom Clark was on the Bull TV telecast, and they've said now that the field in 2025, there's only going to be the top 43 in points that'll be guaranteed spots in every tournament. Uh, The exemption for if you've won in the last 10 years, that's going away. So you have to be in the top forty three in points in twenty twenty four to be on tour in twenty twenty five. They're bringing back the tour trials like they used to have in the uh, in the in the early two thousands and and a little bit into the twenty tens. So what 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 are the, what are tour trials? What is that? What what do you do? It's basically they're going to bowl. It used to be they bowled on four or five of the tour patterns, and they bowled eight or ten games on each pattern. And whoever was the high after the 40 or 50 games in the tour trials, they got their exempt spots into the tour for the next year. So it's like the the bowling's version of the PGA Q school, where they go and they have to get through different levels. There's only going to be one level of tour trials, uh, and that's for the top 12 coming out of there. Uh, Tom's going to get up to five exemptions for every tournament, and that means there's only going to be – four or five, maybe six spots, depending on how many exemptions Tom uses in each event uh, to round out the field. They're going to be 64-player fields for the standard events next year. So if you're 44th this year in points after everything's done, uh, you're going to have to find uh, a way to get through tour trials or or it's going to be a long road in 2025 trying to bowl those PTQs. I just did a piece with Nate Purchase this last week in Wichita. Uh, It's on the PBA YouTube channel. And you can see the pressure these guys go through in the PTQs. You don't have a guaranteed spot in that tournament. Uh, the wheels are always working even more so, I think, than some of the guys that are are exempt in the tournament. And uh, if you get a chance to see that, if you're watching the podcast after you're done today, go check out that piece on PBS YouTube, and you'll see the pressure that's going through these PTQs for the guys, and it's going to be even more so next year. There were 26 spots available in Wichita. Next year, there's going to be four or five. Huge difference. Huge, Absolutely, huge difference. Difference. So
0: what we learned here is Tom Clark is a Richard Petty fan. He picked 23. what yeah. 45, 40, right? I mean, pick it, just pick an easy number to remember. We go with 43 of all numbers. Yeah. That's fine. Whatever, whatever happens. I mean, he's a Richard Petty fan. I get it. Uh, if, that's an old NASCAR driver for people that don't know who the hell Richard Petty is. Uh, Dwight, when we, when we talk about this, this new thing of having 43 guys, no automatically kind of locked in week to week. Do you like that concept, that idea?
2: Um, I'm torn on that. I like seeing the guy that maybe isn't a household name breakthrough. Um, uh, Kevin McCune comes to my mind right away. Uh, and look at what now superstar status he's become, uh, a year ago, two years ago, maybe only Phil knew of him. Um, you know, and look at how he's broken through. Uh, I can. I think it could get stagnant if you see the same five guys every week on the on the shows. We saw that a lot in the '70s with Earl, Anthony, uh, Mark Roth, Um, and so it was nice to see someone else try to make that top five Um, for many reasons. Maybe a hometown uh, Mm -hmm. fan, um, a guy that makes the show, uh, the excitement that would bring. Um, So I'm torn. Yeah, I'm torn between that. Um, so um, I, I guess uh, at the at the end of the day, I guess we've got to look at what's going to be the best for the PBA tour and the decisions that are being made.
0: Right, and that's Tom Clark's job, and I, I think he's done a nice job with it. You know, the other thing that comes out of that interview, and again, you haven't checked it out, I think it was December 26th uh, over at 11thframe.com with Jeff Riggles and, and Tom Clark. It's just a great interview. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that you the that he said, Uh, that I really like is when he does a lot of this stuff, he's trying to figure out how can I make stars of the guys that are on my league? How can I make them, you know, maybe more famous and more household names than maybe what they are. How can I put them in a position to kind of enhance and uh, build their brand going forward? I wish Major League Baseball would hire Tom Clark to be commissioner. That, that would help because they really have a problem building stars over there yeah. um, compared to, say, the NBA uh, and even the NFL to a certain degree. Phil, do, do you like that idea, that concept of being a, a commissioner of a sport? Because, again, in other sports, you work for the owners. You don't work for the players. Um, this sport here, you know, you work for a corporation per se. You still don't work for the players, but he is thinking at it or thinking about this and looking at it from a player perspective.
1: Oh, it's kind of funny because back in the day when the Exempt Tour first was announced back in the 2000s, there was a lot of kicking and screaming from the players about, oh, my, you know, because, you know, buddy system. Everybody wants to see their buddy succeed, too. So these guys that are traveling around all the time and, you know, four to a car or whatever, it's like, oh, now my buddy's out. And there was a lot of kicking and screaming when the Nike guys took over and the Microsoft guys took over. I haven't heard that this time around. And I think part of it also has to do with how much money is out there now with these tournaments. It's $100,000 on top again for every major this year. The Times helped get the money there. Boyer helped get the money there. And these guys that are in the top 10, 12, 14 are making very comfortable livings in a very short period of time in a year. I mean, they're done with their season in basically three months. They have nine months to go out and make other ancillary income, whether they own pro shops or – out like sean rash and give lessons all over the world and that type of thing uh it's it's amazing what tom has done balancing the corporate wants and needs of bolero and the player wants and needs and the fan wants and needs and not everything's been great tom will be the first one to admit that too not everything's a success um you know we thought usa versus the world uh last year was a great concept to kick Mm -hmm. off world series of bowling i haven't seen that at all this year I don't think that's happening because of the expanded PBA league. Uh, But what he's done to balance everything has been a pretty solid job and it's not an easy thing to do. If, if time keeps going the way he's going, I I think viewers uh, viewership on Fox again, is going to keep going up because it's the little things where I know I can see EJ Tackett a few times a year. I know that Jason Belmonte is probably going to win at least in one more major. He's in the hunt again this week in the players championship. Uh, Anthony Simonson, He's another guy that's turning in the bad boy of bowling that people want to see when he's out there. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's pretty amazing how the tour has kind of turned around the last five, six years between Tom getting Fox Sports on board and then everything else he's trying to do to work with the players, the fans, and Bolero at the same time.
0: There's a lot of PBA League discussion in that interview. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we'll maybe do that after the next uh, timeout here. But I, I want to get into one other thing. He was asked by Jeff Riggles, Tom Clark was at the end, OK, in a, in a you know, kind of in a per, I'm paraphrasing here, I, I don't have it in front of me, but pretty much if I, you're given a choice, what you could you could have more money for the players, more prize pool money or more events and have a fall tour like there used to be back in the day and add a lot more events uh, to the schedule and uh, more TV coverage and all of that stuff. Which would you rather have? And obviously, he said, why can't I have both and started laughing? Uh, but he said he'd rather have more money. Um, for the players first, before you know, getting that fall tour and, and more events there, <clears throat> Dwight, I'm I'm going to ask you and Phil the same question. If if given the opportunity, what would you rather see? More money for the players, or would you rather see more events and have like a fall tour uh, going uh, and throughout the year, so you get even more events than you have already?
2: It's a split answer. Uh, if you are the player, you would definitely want more money. More money is going to draw more players, more bowlers to try to bowl the tournaments. Uh, For the fan at home, there's the other split. Uh, Big complaints that I always read on social media is I wish there were more events throughout the year. So I think the fans want to see more events, but the players definitely want more money. Remember this, like Phil said, for a certain amount of time during the year, this is their job and their income. Um, and that's where the big money is. Sure, they can run pro shops or they can give clinics, but I don't think that's going to draw the amount of money that they could if they're, let's say, top five on the tour. Top five on the tour, you're talking possibly a million-dollar a year.
1: I think with the way the tour is now, I-, I think the more money is the best way to go. I think if they could find a way to publicize more of the regional events, there's so many guys – on the national tour that still go out on the weekends when the tour is done. I mean, EJ Tackett is notorious for bowling as many of the regionals in the central region as he possibly can. There's other professionals that are the same way. If there's a way at the PBA, whether it's, you know, through Bowl TV, you're only going to have a limited subscriber base that's going to be able to view these things. But to watch how these, I guess, you know, A-list professionals go on the weekends and compete against the guys on the regional tour, I think that could be a great way to go. I know if I watch MLB Network or NHL Network or NBA Network, I can see – NBA Network, I can see G League games. NHL Network, you see AHL games or ECHL games. MLB Network, they throw minor league games on there all the time. If there's a way that the PBA could get their minor leagues, those regional events, out exposed more to people so they can not just see the stars on TV but the stars, upcoming stars that might be just coming out of college – like a Kevin McCune that bowled two or three years of regionals, nobody knew about him, and all of a sudden, bam, he's on the stage. Well, here you go. Here's your chance. Uh, that That's what I'd like to see, along with okay. the more money on the national tour. So let's let, get some more exposure.
0: Right. Let, let's look at it from this perspective. In that same interview, uh, when he brought us up uh, for the, on the podcast, uh, in the interview, he talked about the, the streaming services. Um, And going to, you know, one of the bigger streaming services, whether it's, you know, Discovery Plus or whoever, Disney or whoever it may be. It's not going to be Disney or Fox, but whoever it may be. What was so cool about that answer was from Tom Clark, Fox don't care. Do what you got to do, man. We know you got to make money. You do what you got to do. So here, here you go. Here's your answer. Because in there, he also said about this goofy September thing for PBA League. Uh, at bowling heaven that pretty much he's kind of stuck with what it is. And they kind of pitch the concept for that date or whatever. And they love PBA, the PBA league concept and Fox's goo Gaga over it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I get that, but why not? If you were going to add more events and let's say you're going to run, uh, September to November, right? So essentially the bowlers would half off July and August and then the month of December for the holidays, whatever else they'd have off. So three months out of the year, they'd bowl nine months uh, Mm -hmm. out of the year, which means all these bowlers now have a chance to even make even more money than they do already, which I think, again, even if, you know, you don't have $100,000 grand prizes uh, for your bigger events, let's say that number ends up being 50,000. Again, those bowlers are gonna bowl that, they're not gonna make that in the regional. So you're still gonna have people lining up to bowl these events. But what you do is you say, okay, look, Fox is gonna have this part of it, the beginning part of the year, And this fall part, say it's two months or three months. Maybe it's just October, November. Maybe it's September, October, November. Maybe it kicks off with the PBA League Championship at the end of September and you're done by Thanksgiving, whatever. That is, you know, the Peacock version of the PBA Tour. And all of these tournaments are on Peacock, right? It's the Peacock uh, Tour. And Peacock is the the title sponsor uh, of the tour or whatever the case may be. And then you let Peacock come in, and I don't know how much of this – I've never dealt with a streaming service, Mm. so I don't, I don't, but if they have their own sales team, right, you let them be able to go out and get a cut of whatever the revenue may be that they sell. And then you get a, a percentage of it as well. And they own that part of it. So during the beginning part of the year, it's only Fox fine. It is what it is. But when you get to the fall, now you're able to, come into one of these streaming services without conflicting with Fox because you're not on TV with Fox anyhow, for the most part outside of that first event um, and have a whole nother two or three months of bowling uh, with these guys and being able to bring in another revenue source. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here and I don't know how hard it is obviously for the PBA tour to get in bed with one of these guys, but that might be uh, another way of kind of going about uh, and kind of doing it at this point, Phil.
1: And and there's enough events out there that, Pay well at the regional level. I mean, the last couple of years they've had their little super regional thing with Jonesboro and uh, Coldwater, Ohio, and, and and out in Hampton Roads, Virginia, where you know the money's there too to get some fan interest type of thing. And, and if you get those events to, to shift their schedule a little bit, maybe it is you know a, 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 a October November type of thing next year or years that they're streaming. Uh, it could bring a few more eyes out there because. These guys are still getting a chance to bowl for a pretty good paycheck. You're going to see a lot of the regular tour stars out there at that level and, uh, you know, try to try to drum up that fan interest, really make things happen on the off season, keep the interest going.
0: You know, the other thing, too, and, again, I'm just spitballing here, but when you get to this part of the year and if you can do something with a Peacock or a Discovery Plus or whoever it may be or a Max um, – maybe it's something along the lines of not only are we going to do this, but we're going to put together a deal where, you know, you're going to qualify in one location or whatever, uh, but the championship is going to be in some exotic location, you know, where these bowlers are going to get flied out and paid for and everything else. And then you have the opportunity to go watch the championship, wherever, uh, you know, the case may be, you know, I, I, I don't know where that is, but wherever yeah. the location is somewhere warm and sunny and the whole deal uh, and you you do that event there and you build it up and everybody looks forward to trying to make that show, especially the bowlers, because they want that free trip. Kind of like, you know, the Pro Bowl used to be in the NFL where everybody got to go to Hawaii uh, if if they were to make the Pro Bowl, Dwight, something along those lines uh, where it would really reward them at the end of the day. But again, I'm not asking the PBA tour to pay for this because I know that's not happening, uh, but you would want somebody coming in to be a part of that to kind of make this even a bigger deal than it already is.
2: Yes. Uh, streaming, I think, is going to be incredibly important now and for the future, as they talk about in Jeff Riggle's article about that attracts the younger PBA fan. Um, I But I'm not sold on Bold TV. Um, I would like to see something like what IndyCar does uh, with NBC and then Peacock. I, I, I don't know. You guys can tell me if Fox has their version a yeah,
0: if you remember, we talked uh, about that. It's like Teletubby or something like that. Tubi. Tubi. Tubi, yeah, Tubi yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. nobody nobody really knows about it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they have their own partner, but yeah. it's not as prominent as, say, Peacock is. A peacock. But yeah, you're right. Yes. Mold yeah. TV is not the answer. I'm with you a thousand percent. It has to be one of these other major players. Bold TV is fine, you know, still for qualifying and that type of stuff. It's not saying that you can't have that still, Uh you know, survive and be available, but for the actual TV finals of tournaments and so forth, you want a bigger player uh, in the market here to be a part of that.
2: Well, think about the, go ahead, Dwight. Agreed. And you, and again, I keep thinking when I keep hearing you guys talk about this is how well IndyCar streams in with Peacock. If IndyCar can do it, um, and I don't know. I look at bowling equivalently to IndyCar. Maybe I could be wrong in terms of fan participation, but if they can do it, why can't we? Well, think about
1: the tour trials that Tom just announced. How perfect would that be for what Sparky just said? Do a bunch of little qualifiers around the country, advance the guys to the tour trials, and now they got three, four days you're streaming the tour trials. you got the drama. you got talking to the guys between rounds about what they're seeing, what they're doing. This is their future. This is what they will or will not be doing the following year for the event. And boy, you talk about a, a made-for-streaming event, right? That's the tour trials, right there. All the drama you get from guys getting coming in from across the country, qualify. Maybe they qualify out of their, out of their individual regions, right? And then they come to that big finals. I mean that that's a that's a made-for-for-streaming event right there with tour trials, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you could have a finals there to say, all right, whoever wins this, you know, gets a, an exemplary spot on the PBA tour. We start this thing back up in January or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of drama that goes along with that. Um, and I think that would be a lot of fun uh, to watch as well. All right. Uh, I, I just uh, I don't know if you all saw this or not, because we're broadcasting from walk. I told you we had a snowstorm uh, outside <laughs> going on. Uh, and last night when I went to bed. Here in southeastern Wisconsin, where we are in the Milwaukee area, they were saying, you know, like three to six inches or something like that. And then Inland was supposed to be six to ten inches. Um, I just got a text uh, from my significant other who is upstairs uh, from Mark Baden on Channel 12 here in Milwaukee. Uh, They have revamped the snow totals. Okay. um, And it is now changed. Uh, We are now expected to get here in the Milwaukee area 10 to 14 inches of snow with blizzard-like conditions. Yep. So that is where we currently are sitting, folks. So we went from three to six to ten to fourteen uh, overnight, uh, based on the storm pattern and where it's all lined up. And good news, uh, the snowblower that I had paid a good amount of money to get fixed um, a few months ago, they brought it back to me. It was like October, and they delivered it back. They said, "Okay, we didn't put any gas in it, but you're good to go. Just put gas in it, you know, hook it up, start it, and you're off, and you're off to go." Sounds good. So I put gas in it Wednesday. I go to start it Thursday. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's not starting. It still doesn't work. So that's great. And I had my neighbor come over, you know, he's a, he's a head of a maintenance for a big company. So he comes over, looks at it. Cause I'm stupid when it comes to mechanical stuff, he goes, uh, there's no gas getting to the carburetor. He goes, and I don't know enough about this thing to know why that wouldn't be happening, but that's definitely the issue. There's no gas getting to the carburetor full tank of gas, but it's not, it's not rolling over now 10 to 14 inches. And I'm going to have to snow a gigantic driveway. So I'm very, very happy about that. Mm. Very excited. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So he is uh, Phil Brilow. Follow him at Bruce city, Bowling. Dwight Albrecht at Dewey 300, owner of the spare time pro shop in New Berlin. Follow me at Sparky radio, download us on your odyssey app, or if you download your favorite podcast that check us out on the odyssey sports, YouTube page, spare time bowling show. Take a quick timeout, come back. Let's talk uh, about the PBA League and comments made by Tom Clark on that plus the start of the PBA League or Elite League that they're calling it. Uh, We'll do that after a quick timeout. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 12.50 a.m. The Fan here in snowy Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You can follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. You can follow Dwight Albert at Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin, Wisconsin at Dewey 300. And of course, he is Phil Brilo, $2 Phil. Follow him at Brew City Bowling. Continuing discussion of the Tom Clark interview with Jeff Riggles of 11thframe.com. Let's get into uh, that concept uh, of the PBL Elite League um, and comments that Tom made uh, as part of that interview. Now, I, I mentioned earlier... Uh, that this whole thing in September kind of was happenstance of what they originally pitched to Fox uh, to fill that to that slot that they were given in September. So now they expand it uh, and they kind of paired up with a bunch of tour events uh, earlier in the year uh, with that championship still coming uh, up in September. And he points out that, look, I, you know, in a perfect world, no, we don't want it in September. Uh, but that's not the world that we live in. We have to fill the dates that essentially the PBA tour gives us. And we have to figure out how to do that. And he goes into talking about, we tried the extended to extended to extended to extended step ladders to fill time last year. And that probably wasn't the best of ideas necessarily. We learned from it. So instead, we're going to expand coverage of the PBA league and use those time slots for that. And to that, I say, A plus, I applaud it, Dwight. I'm all in. I, again, I don't think you're going to get the atmosphere um, with these TV events. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these other cities will support it like Bowling Heaven out there in Portland, Maine. Uh, but uh, I rather would watch that than watch the 5 million extended stepladders and a 100 hours of programming straight through. Because, again, it was impossible to ask anybody to sit there and watch that long uh, of qualifying on TV. I, it was. I mean, I watched it. You all watched it because we're dorks. But for the most part, everybody else is not going to watch that. All right, Dwight, go ahead.
2: Agreed. Um, I I, I think it was just extended out too much. This gives excitement. Um, I found something very intrigued uh, that Jeff Riggles asked Tom Clark about actually going up against the NFL uh, time slot, as we talked about that on our show. And... Uh, Tom Clark thought it actually was a great idea.
0: Yeah, Jason time slot right after the NFL game is done, right. And normally they put some all-star game or strike derby or something like that in there, right?
2: Correct. And so uh, I I think the PBA league, I think, is going to continue to grow. I think people like seeing the crazy fans at Portland, Maine and Bowling Heaven. Um, I, I think it just brings a tremendous amount of excitement. I disagree with Tom Clark. I think it should be a PBA title for those five guys. Uh, I think that PBA league is incredibly important to the players, incredibly important to the sport. I'd like to see it be a PBA title. Um, Otherwise you fall into that word exhibition. So that would be the only thing I'd like to see changed on the PBA league.
1: Yeah. The the money's solid. Yeah. I mean, the money's there. I mean, it's a hundred thousand dollars for first place again for PBA league this year. Uh, obviously, it's a season-long effort going in, uh, so that makes the value a little bit more there. Not sure if it should be a PBA title. It's only—I mean, there's only 28 Baker games of competition. That—that's—that's that's not a lot for these guys before they get to Portland. I do think, however, that if somebody wins the title, the, the team title, like Ryan Simony last year, gets the M Mark Roth MVP. I think there should be some Hall of Fame consideration given on that. Like if a guy's close. Like Ryan Simonelli is close to Hall of Fame credentials, but he's you know a little short from the standards with the titles and that type of thing. Well, if he ends up being league MVP two or three years, I think that could be enough to maybe you know get him in, you know, voted in type of thing, uh, with the new veterans category that Tom Clark announced back in 2023. Uh yeah, the title is a little tough, but man, the money's there, the competition's gonna be there. Getting the fans behind it on TV, that's gonna be tough. I mean, the first show that's gonna be on, on FS1. Is going to be in a couple of weeks from Indianapolis for the PBA league. They got the last two matches from round two with Waco versus Motown and Portland versus New Jersey. It's going to be on air. Uh, there's no hometown team for Indy to root for. So yeah, but you know I what? I don't see in? the Portland atmosphere. I, I I'll see. tell you how you get it: fifty cent okay. beers
0: during the TV show. <laughs> That's how you get the atmosphere: fifty cent beers, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm serious. I'm not, okay. in, I'm not playing. Give them alcohol, get them drinking and <laughs> let's go. I mean, that that's how you're going to get that type of atmosphere. And again, that, that PBA league to me is special because of the environment that they're bowling in, because it's mm-hmm. different than every other PBA show you turn on TV. That's right. what makes it separate. If we get to PBA league in Indy and the crowd is dead or there isn't a crowd and it's just these guys bowling against each other. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, just not going to have the same appeal. It's just not. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people don't like watching the Baker format. Right. And I'll tell you right now, like I, at the high school level and college format, I hate the Baker format. I, I'd rather watch these guys just individually bowl for schools one-on-one. And I, I get the Baker format and all of that. I hate it. But having said that, I love the PBA championship at Bowling Heaven. Um, and I'm a big fan of that because, because of the atmosphere. The Mm -hmm. other thing that was brought up in this from Clark's perspective was eliminating a couple of teams was that he allowed you to only save two. And as we talked about on this podcast, draft strategy changed as well, because before you were talking about bowling on TV, bowling on that same pattern every year, bowling in Portland, Maine, in that center. And you were, bowl- you were picking it for guys that bowled strong there in that situation. Mm-hmm. And now you've got to bowl on all these different tour patterns and all these different houses. So draft strategy obviously changes, Dwight. Um, and as Clark put it, you want drama. The more drama you can create, the better that is for TV, the better that is for ratings, the better that is for discussion of the sport. There's so much that goes along with it. And you know, people that get heartbroken and crushed if they don't get drafted by the PBA League – you want that too. You still want it to be a special thing. If you dilute it with too many teams, maybe it doesn't become
2: as special of a thing to it. Totally agree. Um, diluting it, what I think of right away is then whatever your amount of teams that you have. So uh, I, I believe originally, what was it originally, Phil? Six or eight? Eight. Okay. And then they went to 10. Well, 12, actually,
1: because they had the women's team for for that one season as well. So it was actually out to 12 okay, during so the pandemic, and then they cut the women's team, and now they've cut Chicago-Milwaukee out of the equation.
2: Right, so now we're back to eight. Mm-hmm. And I just think then you take the, the top bowlers that are available and out right now and take those eight teams and make them even stronger. When you dilute it to 12 teams, now you're bringing more guys in and i think for the pba league i think the fan is going to want to see the elites that are out there so uh if it's six teams and you got eight that's 48 players mm-hmm. make those 48 the strongest you can make them well i think that's happened now because it's not just portland
1: back mm-hmm. in the day when league first started there was a lot of buddy system drafting going right. on honestly right. you could tell just by You know, guys weren't having good years and they're showing up on teams. Yeah, there's a buddy system going on that. That's not happening anymore. Uh, Tim Mack, I got to talk to him before uh, the league uh, in Wichita uh, on on Tuesday night. And he goes, just watch. Because we all kind of laughed at the Smallwood pick. Like, what's he picking Tom Smallwood for? He goes, oh, just watch Tom this year. I I got for the the league, watch this. So what does Tom do in the first match? They don't have West Malott because of travel issues. Tom has to bowl. Tom goes four for four on strikes, and they just crushed Waco like with 250 and 279. I mean, just out of there. And Tim goes, Yeah, that's why we had the draft different this year. You need the guys that can respond. Uh, in this league pressure situation, they're bowling on you know pretty fresh conditions every time. Smalls is my guy, and yeah, he was. I mean, it was you know, the, the draft strategy was it, it's good to see. The elite, more of the elites getting out there. The guys that have to respond right. on all the different tour conditions this year.
0: Yeah, but there's a there's a there's a big difference that's about to occur here. Your sample size is much smaller when you're doing everything in Portland. Mm-hmm. The sample size now for these guys and the data that will be collected as far as what they do across all of these events, not not one day, but all of these events plus you know in Portland, Maine. I would assume if I'm a coach or manager, or whatever. I'm going to use all this data, right? Like what was their fill rate uh, over the course of the entire PBA league? Where were they strong? Where were they weak? So forth. And that will now add to draft strategy going into next year, Dwight, because this is the first year they've done this. So now next year, you'll really get to get a better understanding of where everybody's going to be drafted probably going forward based on how everybody does this year with this new format.
2: Agreed. Analytics are going to play a tremendous role now in this PBA league going forward because of the format change. Absolutely. And on, right. the P-
1: oh, on the PBA page, Sparky, for the PBA league, there's a player stats page. As soon as round two is complete, you're going to be able to see how many attempts each player had, how many strikes they had, how many spares, how many opens. So not only are the managers going to be able to see it, and the other players, us as fans get to see who's responding to the to the league pressure and who isn't. So that's that a really will
0: good be... And that'll be something we could talk about in the spare Time Bowling Show. You know, we can go over and look yep. at those numbers, which is a, another great thing. The other thing that I I saw I liked what I saw there from Tom Clark was uh, they didn't say the number. The PBA League MVP gets paid. There, there's going to be a a financial bonus of that PBA league MVP. So not only do you get paid depending on kind of where you finish or if you win the thing, but now if you're the PBA MVP, you get some added cash. And as we've said before, you know, there are going to be some bowlers on these teams that are making squat during the PBA league. They're just not, but they get out at the right time and still at PBA league MVP. That could be a huge bonus for them at the end of the year, Phil.
1: Right, I mean, if you finish in fifth or sixth place, you are probably coming out of the PBA league season with like twenty five hundred bucks. That's it. If you and but if you make it to Portland and you're fifth or sixth place and you help your team make that run to the championship, here you go. Here's the hundred grand for your team. But there might be an extra. I haven't seen the amount yet. Could be ten grand for the or whatever they're going to pay for the MVP. That's a nice bonus for not having. You know, if you had a mediocre tour season, me right.
0: And I, yeah. again, that's that's the thing um, that I think is a nice little. Um, carrot, I guess, for these PBA guys kind of going forward. Uh, All right, Dwight, uh, as we wrap this up, I have one last question. Is Tom Clark a Hall of Famer right now?
2: God, if he's not, who could it possibly be? That guy has got more ideas in his head than any other previous commissioner. Uh, Look at what he's done for that tour uh, compared to anyone else of any other generation. Um, And they had some really struggling years. So uh I, I just keep calling him the idea man. Uh, so I, I can't even imagine what directions his mind's going uh, and different avenues he's gonna want to try in the future. We are so lucky to have him. Uh you, you just can't put words into it. All these haters and doubters out there, if it wasn't for him, we would not have bowling on TV. Yeah,
0: people people don't remember how bad this tour. What kind of shape this tour was in when he took over? Like you, right? Y'all simply do not remember. I mean, you you were recording several shows out in Vegas, which again, I was lucky enough to go out there and cover uh, the World Series of Bowling. But that was his his idea. They couldn't get enough live yeah. events, so he taped a bunch of events to be able to fill TV time slots because they couldn't get uh, as many live events as they wanted and to generate interest. That was that was brilliant. That's how that whole thing started. And now from that to all of these different live events that they have. Uh, on TV throughout the course of the year. Plus, he lands the Fox deal to go along with it. And the next feather in his cap is going to be to land a major streaming deal. And once that happens, he will have put himself, again, maybe not from a popularity standpoint. And you have Big Daddy Fox deal cut uh, on top of that. You, you can play with about anybody at that point, Phil.
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of everything he's done. I mean, Eddie Elias founded the PBA. And I think the next most important figure in PBA history for running, it's Tom Clark. There's been commissioners between and everything. Uh, Tom saved the PBA. When, when, when Peter Slade and Glazer said either the tour stops bleeding money or we're going to shut it down. He saved it. And he did things that players didn't like. And he did things that some fans didn't like with taping Mm -hmm. shows and that type of thing. Uh, But look where we are now better and stronger than ever.
0: It was a, Yep, best commissioner in sports. Period. Uh, he is Phil Brylow. Follow him on Twitter at Bruce City Bowling Two Dollar Phil. You can follow Dwight Albrecht at Dewey Three Hundred, a New Berlin, uh, uh, pro shop. Their spare time pro shop. That's where we get the name of the show. Uh, and you can follow me at Sparky Radio. Check out my interviews at 1250amthefan.com. If you are a Packer fan, uh, I have an interview up today with Tyler Dunn from golongtd.com, previewing Packers and Cowboys coming up this weekend. Uh, plus, he has a extended interview that he does every week with Brett Favre. Favre gets into conversations about McCarthy, uh, thoughts on Jordan Love and so forth. And then Bob McGinn, longtime uh, Packer beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, and him both are picking the Packers to upset the Cowboys this week at their website, uh, and he talks to them about that too. So go check out that interview on your Odyssey app or at 1250 a.m. com, And uh, we'll get back at this uh, again next week, gentlemen. Looking forward to it. And another yes, season do. is here. Let's rock and roll. Hoochie-coo, hoochie-coo.
2: <laughs>